Hello and welcome to the Sedgwick County ZooCast, where we are inspiring respect and conservation for wildlife and wild places through caring, connecting, and conserving. I'm your host, Emily Bishop, and today on the ZooCast, we'll be sitting down with zoological manager Chris Williams to talk about the black mamba. Keep listening to learn how zookeepers examine a no-contact animal, if venomous snakes are really as dangerous as they're made out to be, and to test your knowledge of famous snakes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the ZooCast. Absolutely. So just to get started, you could give an introduction, talk about who you are and what it is you do here at the zoo. Yeah, so my name is Chris Williams. I am the zoological manager of ectotherms here at the zoo. Um, I do uh, a lot of work with the reptiles, amphibians, fish, and invertebrates. I also help a lot with the day-to-day operations in the department. Can you talk a bit about um, what a zoological manager is? Yeah, so I mean, I do some keeper work and I help fill in for the keepers when needed. I also kind of help fill in if they have questions or if they need help with anything throughout the day-to-day. How did you first get started working with amphibians and reptiles? Uh, Like a lot of people, I grew up catching lizards in the yard and uh, I knew I wanted to work in zoos for quite a while, so uh, yeah, I started volunteering at my lo- local zoo and eventually went off to school and uh, got my degree and came back and just kept at it. So for listeners who maybe aren't as in the know about snakes, what is the black mamba? So the black mamba is a venomous snake from Africa. Um, they belong to the family Elapidae. Um, sometimes we refer to them as elapids. They're related to uh, coral snakes and cobras, and they're a very toxic snake. Um, they have both uh, neurotoxic and cardiotoxic venom. So, uh, you know, it affects the nervous system. It can affect the uh, the heart as well, causing paralysis or cardiac arrest. Now, I know you said that they're found in Africa. Are they found all over the continent, or um, do they have uh, a, a more narrowed scope? Uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, so, you know, not the northern part of Africa, but kind of sporadically through the rest of the country, um, mostly southern and eastern part of Africa, but there's a couple populations just around the country. Yeah, is there a specific um, like ecosystem that they're found within? Uh, they're found um, in savanna or woodland areas for the most part. Um, they are both terrestrial and arboreal, so they live on the ground and up in the trees. Um, they do tend to spend more time on the ground, but they can be both. Um, a lot of times, you can find them in like old tree holes or old termite mounds, places like that. Uh, what niche are they fulfilling within their environment? Mostly rodent control. Um, you know, they feed on small mammals and, and birds. So, you know, like a lot of snakes, they kind of help keep those small mammal and bird numbers under control for the most part. Yeah. So their diet consists of mostly small mammals like rodents and then birds? Right. Yeah. In, in the wild, um, small rodents, birds. Um, here at the zoo, we feed frozen thawed rodents to all of our snakes so that's what they get here so uh like you said they're venomous so how do snakes produce venom 
they have a modified uh, salivary gland. Um, they produce different enzymes and proteins, and it's stored right behind the eye, um, and then it's injected through fangs. So different different types of snakes have different types of fangs, so it's all delivered a little bit differently, but for the most part, it's all kind of stored right behind the, the eye there. What kind of fang does the uh, black mamba have? It's a, like a front fang, so they're not very large compared to some viparids and, and other snakes. Um, but yeah, just front fangs right in the front that's uh, injected kind of like a, like a needle. Yeah. So why do snakes produce venom sometimes? Not all of them are venomous. Uh, you know, just um, defense, really, defensor um, or, you know, for prey. So there's constrictors, which will, you know, constrict their prey. And then there's venomous snakes that will use venom as a form of you know, to mobilize their prey. So what would you do if a venomous snake bites you? So here at the zoo, we have a lot of venomous snakes. <laughs> so we are very cautious. We keep anti-venom, you know, the proper anti-venom for all of our snakes on hand. We keep a good relationship with, you know, the hospitals nearby. And um, we have all well-trained staff as well. So we have alarm systems in the building. We, you know, go through drills and tabletop procedures and make sure that everyone's comfortable with um, what to do if somebody were to get bit. Yeah, venomous snakes, I feel like they kind of tend to get a bad rep, but are they really as big of a threat as they're often made out to be? Not really. They they, they have an, a, uh, an aggressive reputation generally, snakes are are pretty shy and nervous animals for the most part. If a snake can get away from you, it will much prefer that over attacking somebody. A snake's never going to come after somebody. Most snake bites either happen accidentally if somebody were to accidentally step on a snake or a lot of times somebody trying to kill a snake, they'll corner it and if a snake can't get away, their last defense is to fight back and and to bite. They're pretty much just going to Act in defense, like they're not gonna. Right, yeah. a snake doesn't want to bite anybody. As a snake, they 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 have so much venom, they have to produce that venom themselves, so they don't want to use that if they don't have to. Um, a lot of times, you'll never even know a snake's there because it's gonna get out of the way before you even come across it. So, you know, like I said, a, a lot of times, a, a snake bite is from somebody provoking the snake to the point where it, it feels the need to defend itself. So can you talk about the black mamba that we have here at SCZ? Yeah, so we have one one mamba, or one black mamba here. Um, it's a female. She's been here since, uh, I believe, 2010. We think she's about 17 years old. We're not really sure. It's more of an estimate. That's pretty geriatric for uh, for a snake, for, for, a, for a black mamba at least. So um, she doesn't show any signs of it. She's very spunky she's very active but uh we do monitor that we she is a like i said a very dangerous snake so we actually she's one of our few snakes that is a no contact animal so we actually use shift boxes for her so that allows us to shift her into a separate enclosure to where we can safely work the exhibit and uh, we're not actually in direct contact with her the shift box does allow us to get routine weights. We can, we've modified the box to where we can get her in a tube if we need to, you know, get hands on her and get blood work or get a closer visual on her. So it allows us to keep a high level of, of care for her even 
while keeping minimal contact with her. So is the shift box just like a box that she goes into when you need to do stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's a box that's connected to her exhibit. So there's a couple like guillotine doors that keep it separated. So she stays on exhibit when we want her on exhibit. And then we feed her in the shift box. So she associates that with food. And uh, so when we open those guillotine doors, she can come right in. And then we can, um, like I said, attach a tube to it. And she'll go up in a tube. And then we can get hands on her and uh, do any visual inspections that we need to do. Now, you said she's kind of geriatric. Does she get any special care because of her age? Not right now. Um, like I said, we, we monitor it. Um, I say she's geriatric just because of records. Um, records show they usually live between 12 and 20 years. People don't really know exactly. So um, kind of call her that based on the age, not how she acts. She, If you were to look at her, she acts like any other snake. You'd never know that she's around 17 years old at all. Yeah, she's young at heart. She sure is. <laughs> so she does not have a name. She doesn't, yeah. Unfortunately, we have a lot of animals in our department, so we don't name a lot of a lot of our animals. We do, we do name some of our crocodilians or giant tortoises, but most of our snakes don't have names, unfortunately. Well, she's the only one, so right. she's, she's <laughs> easy to identify. Yeah, but she's still, still spunky, like you yep, said, even absolutely. though she doesn't have a name. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about her personality? Uh, yeah, she's very smart, very agile. These snakes are very fast in the wild. They can move probably 10 to 12 miles per hour. Um, so very fast, very agile. Um, so that's one reason that we use a no contact method with her just for, for staff safety. But she's very smart, very cooperative. Like I said, she knows she gets fed in the in the shift box, so she, especially towards feeding time, she'll sit at the box and be ready to, to go in. So she's a really good snake. She cooperates really well and makes it easy for, for the staff. We'll be back in a moment to learn more about the Black Mamba. But first, let's hear about upcoming events at the zoo. Follow the white rabbit to a land of wonder at this year's Wild Lights. Come face to face with one-of-a-kind Asian lantern sculptures. Maybe a Cheshire cat will cross your path, or the Queen's Guard of playing cards. Be the guest of honor at a tea party hosted by a hatter and a hare. Wednesday through Sunday, October 11th through December 17th, from 6pm to 9pm. Tickets start at $15 and are available online or in person. Journey through the looking glass at Wild Lights. So we will return to talking about the Black Mamba, but first we're going to take a little break to play a game. And the game is called Celebrity Snake. (laughs) So it's got those sibilant sounds. Um, So the rules of the game are simple. I'm going to give you a description of a character who is a snake or a snake-like, and you're going to tell me their name. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners at home can play along as well, and there are five snakes to name, so you just have to get three right to win the game. We'll see. We'll see what I can do. Yeah, I'll even let you choose. I can either give you, like, the piece of media 
and then you can name the snake or I can give you the snake's name and you have to say like what the snake is from. Uh, dealer's choice. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I think it's a little easier if I if you have to name what the snake is from. Sounds good to me. Okay. All right. So question one. Ka the python hypnotizes protagonist Mowgli in this Rudyard Kipling novel. Uh, is this the Jungle Book? You got it. It's the Jungle Book. You got one down. <laughs> okay, so question two. Introduced in the fourth entry of this series, Nagini is later revealed to be a horcrux of series antagonist Voldemort. Oh, that's Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Do you, Can you name which one, the fourth one? Oh, uh... Order of the Phoenix? No, you're off by one. Uh. That's okay. It's, it's Goblet of Fire. Okay, okay. But I'm going to give you points for Harry Potter because that's all <laughs> I was looking for. Okay. Question three. From the Kanto region, Ekans is a poison type that evolves into Arbok starting at level 22. Pokemon. You got it. Pokemon. Three, so see, you've already, you've already won. <laughs> Last two questions are just, just bonus to make you the champion of snakes, I guess. Question four, voiced by Lucy Liu, Viper is a member of the Furious Five and was born without fangs. Oh, gosh, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Jack Black is also in these movies. Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean? No. Oh, Jack Black. Oh, Jack gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you're good, you're good. You can guess again. They're animated. Um, I don't know. No? It's stumping me. Uh, it's Kung Fu Panda. Uh, I've never seen that. Really? So. <laughs> I think I've only seen the first one, so I can't I can't judge. And our final question, question five, uh, Jafar turns into a giant snake after wishing for the genie to make him the most powerful sorcerer in this 1992 Disney movie. Is that Aladdin? It is Aladdin. Awesome. You got it. Four out of five. <laughs> You're, you know, that's most of them. So yep. you win the game. Awesome. You're the snake champion. Before Chris and I finish our conversation about the Black Mamba, let's hear about how you can experience more perks when you visit the zoo. Where can you find lions and tigers and bears, oh my? At the Sedgwick County Zoo, of course. Feed a giraffe, ride a train, and learn all about your favorite animal. And zoo members get to experience even more fun. For as low as $80 per person, you get to experience unlimited visits to the zoo, early entry, discounts on special events, and early access to the Sedgwick County ZooCast. Become a member today. Visit scz.org forward slash membership for more information. As an ending note, I just have a few more questions. I was wondering, what question do you get asked the most by the guests about the Black Mamba? Pretty typical question we get is when we're going to feed. Everybody wants to, to see the snakes eat. We uh, feed most of our snakes every other week, so it's really easy to overfeed snakes. They're opportunistic. They're going to eat a lot, so we keep a pretty strict schedule with them on how often we feed them. Yeah, well, and she goes into that shift box Right. to feed so even can you even see her when she's feeding on exhibit uh so we feed her in the shift box oh, so okay. the shift box is uh it's like a plastic box with a clear lid on it so we can see her eating in there we'll shift her off and let her eat while we service the exhibit and then we'll shift her back on and sometimes we'll have to service the exhibit you know even on non-feed days but since she eats in the in the shift box she associates with it so she shifts off 
pretty well. Yeah. Well, but like a, a guest wouldn't even be able to see her feed. Right. Un- she's, unfortunately, she's in the box. Unfortunately, she's one of the few snakes that um, people won't get to see her actually eat. Yeah. So what is your favorite thing about the black mamba? Uh, probably just, just the coloration, the size, the intelligence of them. Um, you know, they, they have the name black mamba, but they aren't really all that black. They're more of a, a grayish brownish color. The black in the name actually comes from the mouth. So when they're threatened, they'll open their mouth and it's pretty much a jet black mouth that they use that as like a, like a warning to, to predators. Um, and the size, I mean, it, they, they get eight feet, maybe a little bit bigger, 10 feet. Uh, it's a really big snake for being able to move that fast and have that agility. It's just really interesting. So what is your favorite thing about getting to work with these snakes? Just her intelligence. It's, it's uh, pretty interesting to get to work with a snake that is smart enough to be able to shift on and off. And, um, you know, a lot of snakes will just kind of sit there and they don't really have the, the activity level or the intelligence that she does to, you know, she knows when that guillotine door opens for the shift box, she knows to shift off and then she knows you know when it opens back up she'll shift back on and it's really interesting working with you know a lot of people don't think snakes are very intelligent but they're they're a lot more intelligent than people give them credit for yeah i've noticed a lot like i'll be walking through amphibians and reptiles where our black mamba lives and um she'll be like moving around and climbing all over the place so she's she's super active all the time yep definitely yeah they're they're a diurnal species which means they're they're active during the day, so they're always kind of cruising around throughout the day. And like I said, they live up in the trees and on the ground, so they're constantly, you know, moving both arboreal and terrestrial all around. Thanks for listening to the Sedgwick County ZooCast. This episode was researched, written, and produced by me, Emily Bishop. We'd like to give a special thank you to Chris Williams for sitting down and talking with us about the Black Mamba. Thank you to the Sedgwick County Zoo's marketing and communication team, and a special thank you to our Zoo members, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you're interested in becoming a Zoo member, visit scz.org forward slash membership. Be sure to give us a follow so you never miss when we upload new episodes. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Emily Bishop, and this has been the Sedgwick County ZooCast.